how can you not be romantic about baseball? Bring it a high drive to left. This baby's way back. It is out of here. I don't believe what I just saw. Coswell slashes one foul. Oh, that hit a bird, and it bounces back into fair territory. Oh, I gotta, I gotta check the rule book on this one, folks. I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. Our ass is in the jackpot now. You're listening to Booze and Baseball. There's 50 feet of crap, and then there's us. A baseball first podcast, sort of, featuring Derek Johnson. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Dusty Baker. I heard that. Dynamite drop-in money. That broadcast school has really paid off. So sit back and enjoy the talk around the diamonds with a cold one in hand. Today's secret ingredient is... I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch has got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Welcome into another edition of Booze and Baseball with Derek Johnson and Dusty Baker. This is episode number eight. Derek Johnson, unfortunately, for the second consecutive week will not be on this show. We are hoping he will be here next week when we talk AL Central as well as potentially the NL Central. And uh, this week, though, we do have a guest on our show, and that is Ronnie Bedrosian out of the Milwaukee Brewers organization. He is a minor league video assistant for the Brewers, and so he will be joining us talking a little bit of Brewers baseball and the NL Central as well. Uh, But before we get to that, first of all, what I'm drinking tonight, I am having a whiskey. It's a Jack Daniels whiskey, uh, and it's currently sitting on one of the cool coasters that I've been getting from Man Cave Merch an L.A. Dodgers coaster. Uh, As Christmas is coming close, people, if you need that last-second stocking stuffer, maybe Man Cave Merch can answer your questions here. Go to at Man Cave Merch on Instagram or on Twitter, and you can get yourself a cool coaster with baseball cards in it, front and back. They are clear coasters, and put those in those stockings for this last second because I know a lot of you people have been waiting around, even with the pandemic. Uh, You know, you've had a lot of time on your hands, yet you haven't done anything. So go out, get those coasters from Man Cave merch my whiskey uh, my jack daniels whiskey is currently sitting on that at this time all right before we get to ronnie first of all we're going to do a couple cheers and pour one out first of all cheers to lance lynn he's getting out of texas he now joins a world series caliber franchise he was traded to the chicago white Sox. all of a sudden it looks like those white Sox are probably the favorites in the al central now because of that trade that rotation is absolutely filthy um, of course you have giolito at the top there you have Keichel and then you have Lynn as well they did have their original number three pitcher in that rotation go the other way Dane Dunning headed to the Texas Rangers and actually cheers to the Texas Rangers as well because losing Lance Lynn is tough but their return was very respectable here they get Dane Dunning and Avery Weems as well very solid haul and then on top of that cheers to them for acquiring Nate Lowe for what could be actually, in my opinion, a steal. It's kind of what this organization needs. Ronald Guzman was not getting the job done at first base. Now you have Lowe heading there at his age 26 season. Still a lot of potential. As for the Rays, they got Heriberto Hernandez, who is a top prospect.
prospect there for the Rangers. Uh, and then they got a, two other prospects as well. But ultimately, cheers to the Rangers on making some early moves with Chris Young at the helm at the general manager. Cheers to the Mets and Blue Jays fans. You two franchises, you've been waiting for a while for any big moves. It really hasn't happened over the past couple seasons. Well, these two teams have finally been connected with nearly every top free agent, and it appears they will land at least one star on the market. The Mets already signing one of those guys. I don't know if you consider him a star, but a pretty solid player in James McCann, four-year deal worth $40 million. So good start for the Mets right there. Pour one out for Dodgers Twitter. Dodgers Twitter is having a really hard time right now dealing with, you know, obviously they win the World Series, but now seeing some of their stars trying to sign larger lucrative deals. Kike Hernandez posted a photo of a question mark on his hat. So there's no longer a Dodger hat on his head in his profile picture on Twitter or his twit pic, as people call it. Instead, he posted saying new profile pic, and it's just a question mark. So I think Dodgers fans really took that one personally. Also, Justin Turner commented on that saying, where are you headed, Nashville? Are you headed to one of these? expansion franchises so they're obviously joking around because Justin Turner in the very same situation as well all right pour one out and cheers for players selected in the rule five draft rule five for those of you that don't know means teams will open with 40 man roster spots but if they have an open spot they can select a player with four to five years of pro experience from other organizations if that said player hasn't been given a spot on their respective 40-man roster. And so, of course, that just happened this past week. Pour one out for the Colorado Rockies because it appears Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story, possibly Charlie Blackman as well, they are going to be dealt this winter. It sounds like they're listening to all potential offers. The Rockies are going to enter a full rebuild mode knowing that Arenado and Story's contracts don't make a lot of sense for them of course story becomes a free agent at the end of the season as well and Arenado has the chance to opt out so the Rockies have to get what they can for those two stars and of course Blackman is entering his age 34 season so maybe try to get as much as you can if you're not going to compete that's kind of what the Rockies are thinking right now not what Rockies fans want to hear though and finally pour one out for the DHs MLB has informed teams to plan for the 2021 season without having the DH in the National League of course for the first time ever, we had a National League DH this past season. In my opinion, you know, I, I'm a baseball purist. I was not a big fan of that move, but honestly, it kind of worked out for the better having the DH. And so uh, it might be a little frustrating for MLB teams to go here. Yeah, you're going to have a DH now. You're not. How do you build a team not knowing when a crucial piece in your lineup? Some DHs are the number three, number four hitters in AL lineups. So for an NL team to consider, you know, a Marcelo Zuna for the Atlanta Braves, for example, well, he loses a ton of value if the DH is not happening in the National League. So we'll see what happens moving forward, but that is not good news for anybody that considers themselves to be a DH. All right, now I'd like to welcome aboard my good friend Ronnie Bedrosian out of the Milwaukee Brewers organization. He's a minor league video assistant. He's also a University of Texas grad. I'm going to try not to give him too much of a hard time for that. I know that he's had to deal with quite a few tough seasons recently, and uh, we won't talk Texas football here. We're talking baseball, thank goodness, but welcome aboard, my friend. What are you drinking today? Hi, Dusty. Uh, thanks for having me on. I have a, uh, a mango cart of wheat ale from Golden Road Brewing. It's a LA, LA brewed, and they kind of got a line of uh, different, all the fruit carts that are always around LA, as you know. 
Um, so, you know, it's just, it's steady. It's consistent. You know what you're getting out of it. It's Lorenzo Kane. <laughs> it's Lorenzo Kane. That's a, a Milwaukee Brewers guy. If I've ever heard one right there, he's <laughs> one of the best out there. And Ronnie, first of all, welcome to the show, my friend. Cheers to you and, uh, welcome Cheers to booze to and baseball, my friend. Cheers to you. Glad to be here. Um, well, Ronnie has a lot of great insight and Ronnie and I actually, for a little, little history, uh, we were teammates in high school, uh, Obviously, the two best players on the team, right, Ronnie? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> We're going to talk about two of our teammates that may have gone a little further than us in a, yeah. a little bit. Forget the big leaguer on the roster. <laughs> Here we are now talking baseball. And, Ronnie, you know, first of all, I want to talk about the organization you work for right now. You know, the Brewers are kind of in an awkward position heading into this 2021 season. They're coming off a 2020 playoff berth in the wild card round, but – you know, what are your expectations for this team heading into this 2021 season? Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, we are kind of kind of in between going rebuild or uh, kind of going for it again. Luckily, I want to say luckily for us, there's the division is kind of up in, up in the air. There are a lot of teams that could contend or um, not necessarily contend. Um, so I think expectations are kind of depends what we do this off season. If we're going to make a push for it, I definitely think playoff possibilities next year. Again, um, we've got a pretty good, pretty good pitching staff on hand, pretty good bullpen. So I think we have the keys to do it. I mean, Yelich Kane's back off of, uh, he'll be playing this year after, um, taking this year off. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we've got the pieces there to, get a few more pieces and maybe contend for a playoff spot, maybe contend for the central. You look at trade rumors and they're obviously really hard to ignore this time around. And I think add a pandemic to that. And, you know, people have aimless time on their hands, searching through Twitter, writing, whatever they come, you know, off the top of their head, they just pretty much write whatever. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of rumors around Josh Hader possibly being mm -hmm. traded. Is that something theoretically that you could actually see this organization do? Would that make sense? Why or why not? Uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to rule it out. I could definitely see it happening. Um, not to kind of just call it what it is, but we're not the Dodgers. We don't have the money to go out and spend a ton of money on a bunch of free agents or do pull off the Mookie Betts trade necessarily and be able to pay and keep him around. Um, so I definitely think if we could get a few pieces for him, I could see it as a possibility. Now, I don't know if I want that to happen because Josh is a great guy and I've been lucky enough to work with him a few times. Um, but like I said, I mean, I could definitely see it as a possibility. I just don't really know which way we're going. But I mean, I don't I wouldn't write anything off with the way this year has gone. Kind of giving those, you know, hopefuls, those fans out there that want Josh Hader on their team. What is Josh Hader like now that you kind of said that you you've run into him a couple times? What is that player like on and off the field? Yeah, so I last year when I went to Arizona in uh, January, I got to work. He was already there. Uh, I'm not sure if he lives in Phoenix. He might, um, but he was there and he was throwing playing catch a lot. And as kind of January, February rolled around, he started throwing more bullpens and like just the most personable guy ever, like will come up and Hey, how's it going brother? Like, good to see you. It's like, like you've known him for 20 years. Um, it's kind of weird, like being around major league players. Like, I mean, you and me both like growing up as fans, you, think of what they are and they're just like I mean it's stereotypical but they're they're regular dudes um and I can't say enough good things about how Josh is like working with him and just being around him he's just a great guy you know kind of going off of uh the pitching side of things for the Brewers um 
the rotation you kind of mentioned, uh, you got a couple good pieces there in Woodruff and Burns at one, two. Yeah. Then there's some questions. It's got Hauser, Lindblom, and also Lauer as the three yeah. through five listed right now. Now, is that something that Milwaukee might want to address this offseason, you think? Or what, what exactly is that approach going to be here in free agency? Do you think that they yeah. could add another starter? Uh, I could definitely see it. I mean, you know, as well as anyone, you can never have enough starting pitching. Um, it takes one or two injuries and your whole season's different. Um, you look at even the Dodgers last year towards the playoffs, they were kind of rolling through with what two starters. Um, so you can never have enough starting pitching. So um, I'm confident though, with we've got some guys coming up too that hopefully can make an impact this year. And uh, But yeah, I think, what we saw out of Corbin last year was more kind of what I am expecting to see and what I was expecting to see last year. Um, he just looked so dominant in everything we saw him do um, like during spring training. Um, so I wasn't surprised at all to see him come out and deal, but uh, yeah, I really like our one, two pieces as good as anyone in the league, honestly. Um, it was unfortunate that he got hurt before the, the first round this year. I mean, not unfortunate for you, but unfortunate for us. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think we're in a good spot with our pitching. You know, one guy that I was looking at that I really liked going into the 2020 season was Freddie Peralta. He has great swing and miss stuff. From your perspective, could he potentially be a starter? You know, you saw him kind of go into yeah. more of a long relief role with the Brewers. Well, what's your expectation on Freddie Peralta in particular? Yeah, you know, Freddie, he has been – he's been open to different roles. I mean, we've seen that it was, it was his debut. I believe that was on mother's day a couple of years ago and just lights out. Um, so he's shown that he can absolutely be a starter if needed. Um, we've had more use for him in kind of a longer bullpen role, um, kind of go with an opener one game and let Freddie take the ball in the third or fourth and kind of let him go until he can't go anymore. Um, but yeah, I think he's definitely an option for a st starter. Um, I think our bullpen's solid, and we've got some good young arms coming up out of the pen. Um, but, yeah, I think Freddie absolutely could be a starter. He could be that, like, right there with Corbin is the 2-3. He's just got electric stuff. Something to definitely watch. Now, as for the hitting, we all know Christian Yelich. He did not quite look like himself this past season. You know, what's a reason why we should be hopeful for a bounce-back season from Yelich here in 2021, Ronnie? Yeah, I mean – he's Christian Yelich. We've seen enough throughout his career that he'll be just fine. I think this past year was so weird. We're, I mean, we are down to what a week until opening day when they shut everything down. So guys were hot, they were ready. Um, and then just out of nowhere, you're not even allowed in the complex to hit or anything. So you get stuck going. I don't know if he went back to Westlake um, and all of a sudden you're hitting at a high school. Um, I don't know. It's just a completely different, like this year was so just out of the blue and so many, so many unexpected things happened that I don't think you can really take too much from this year. Um, I mean, we saw a ton of superstars that kind of had a down year. So, and I mean, in reality, they played a third of a full season. So um, a lot of times I know he started bad couple weeks to start the year and that's going to make his whole season look bad. So um, he definitely got, got better as the season progressed and I think he'll be just fine once he gets back to a normal normal schedule 
We're talking with Ronnie Bedrosian, a video assistant for the Milwaukee Brewers. And we have to address the obvious here. As I kind of mentioned earlier, Ronnie and I went to high school together. Coincidentally, a brewer went to school with us as well, was one of our teammates. That is Keston Hira. Ronnie, what is that like working with him in the same organization? And what have your interactions been like with him? You know, now that you're kind of in a way teammates, you can kind of throw it that way. Yeah. So it was actually really funny after I, got offered this job in December of 2018. Um, I started spring training of 2019 and I didn't, I hadn't talked to him. I didn't tell him that I got a job with the Brewers and he was obviously in big league camp that year, even though it was before he made his debut. So one day we, I was like walking down the hall or it was out by our agility field. And I was like, Oh, Hey, Keston. And like, we sat there and had a little conversation and he had to get back to whatever he was doing. But then luckily I was with our AAA team all of last year. So for the first half of the season, I was with him every day. Um, I go on the road with the team too. So we're together at hotels, practice, games, after games. We're just, I mean, we're always together. So it was, it was nice. It was comforting for me actually being around a bunch of guys who we had some ex-big leaguers and who were kind of trying to fight their way back into the league. And um, But it was nice to have a friendly face in Keston there. Um, and then especially it was really cool, like for me being there since I've known Keston since I was seven years old, but it was really cool to be there the day he got called up. Um, that's, I mean, that's a once in a lifetime moment that everybody dreams about. And these guys are lucky enough to kind of make it a reality. Um, it was kind of funny actually how it happened. We were in new Orleans and we'd had some rough weather and I mean, it was New Orleans in the summer. It's hot and sticky and we got a downpour and our dugout flooded and the drain clogged and it was a wreck. But, um, so we, it was after the game, actually, our manager told me cause he knew that I was, um, friends with Keston and have known Keston a long time. He came up to me. He's like, Hey, have you seen Keston? Like kind of have some big news to tell him. And he'd already left. He went like he was already back at the hotel. Like he, I think this was probably 45 minutes after the game that our manager got the call um, and Keston was back at the hotel. So like, we were just, everybody who knew at the facility still was knew that he was getting called up. So our manager gave him a call and was like, Hey, you got a flight. I think you left at like five in the morning, the next morning on a flight to Milwaukee and he was playing that night. So it was pretty cool, but yeah, it's awesome to have him around. That's awesome that you have that, you know, interpersonal connection with him that, went far beyond high school as well. And, uh, you know, obviously well-deserved where you're at as well. We have one other teammate uh, from high school that has also made the big leagues, and he also happens to be in the same division as you. That would mm-hmm. be Jared Oliva uh, with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He will, as of right now, he's projected to be the starting center fielder and the leadoff man for the Pirates in 2021. How cool will it be for you to see him play, you know, as their center fielder in 2021 on the opposite side of you? Yeah, you know, you hear all the time about people from Harvard-Westlake and all these schools in our area. I mean, you know, Santa Clarita and Southern California is such a big baseball town. Um, But you hear so many things about, like, people that were high school teammates playing against each other, and now it's, like, cool because we know both of them. Um, And they're both just incredible people. And, Jared, what a story. I mean, I'm not sure anyone outside of him really expected what is happening to happen. so, yeah, it's it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to watch when they do get to face off against each other. It'll be really cool. Uh, I actually saw him when I worked in 2019, the Arizona Fall League. I was a 
video coordinator for one of our for the team that the Brewers guys were on. Um, and Jared was playing in the fall league. So that was kind of the last time I got to talk to him. And yeah, I'm real excited for him. He deserves it. He, he tore up that fall league as well. And that's yeah. kind of when Jared's ascension uh-huh. came. And so, uh, you know, Keston's been doing great in the MLB uh, to see Jared mm-hmm. kind of take that next step as well. You know, if uh, either of the two of you are listening, uh, Ronnie and Dusty here, and uh, we're very proud of the two of you guys for what you've done. Uh, and for those of you that don't know maybe who Jared Oliva is, you will definitely know come 2021 because he's fast he's got a great swing he gets on base uh he will be a player that i think a lot of pirates fans are really going to like and of course Keston as well great player out there i think more people definitely already know of him based off what he's done uh and ronnie i I guess you could attest to it what's it been like you know kind of the reaction you know to see what Keston has done so far at the major league level yeah it's awesome i mean everybody knew kind of what you were getting out of Keston taking him in uh, in the draft and he got taken so high. I'm not sure a ton of people expected him to go quite as high as he went, but I mean, the dude is, was the best college baseball hitter that year. Um, I know he had a ridiculous on base streak. It seemed like, I mean, every, cause that was when I was working in Texas. So I was looking at box scores around the country, every, every game game. And it was like, ah, Keston, another two for four, another three for four, another three for five. And it was just like, I mean, the dude just rakes. So it's not a surprise that he's continuing to be Keston in the majors. Um, I saw it in triple a last year. Like it's just the same Keston that it's always been. He's got unbelievable plate discipline and oppo power and, I mean, you just, it doesn't matter where you throw it, he's hitting it. Well, Ronnie, uh, we appreciate you answering these questions, but now comes the real deal. We bring out the keys. It's shotgun time, my friend. Uh, we're going to get out these quick questions, and uh, it's going to start here, Ronnie. First of all, the best hitter in the National League Central in 2021 will be blank. Christian Yelich. I'm going, sticking with the, sticking with the consistency. They'll I like back. that. I like that. I think in the National League Central, um, you know, you, you look all around and uh, Paul Goldschmidt to me is a very consistent hitter. I like him in 2021 as well. But, you know, Christian Yelich, pretty safe pick right there. I like that. Uh, the best pitcher in the NL Central in 2021, Ronnie, that will be? I'm going to continue with Corbin Burns. I love what he's doing. I love some of the changes he made before last year. And I think he's going to get – he's going to have a full year, full healthy year stay consistent and just keep keep doing his thing he's been nasty yeah I actually really like that pick as well in my head it was between Corbin Burns or you Darvish and so I guess it comes down to if Darvish stays with the Cubs if he does stay with the Cubs my answer is Darvish if not I gotta go with Burns as well for that pick Mm -hmm. all right next one here the Cleveland Indians uh it was reported actually this weekend that the Indians are officially not going to be the Indians moving forward. Cleveland will be changing their name, much like the Washington football team at this time. Ronnie, what should the Cleveland Indians' new name be at this time? Let's give them a year. Let's just let them go with the Cleveland baseball team, baseball club. Let's do it. Cleveland FC. <laughs> exactly. Cleveland BC, I guess, in this exactly. case. Let's not rush the decision. Let's, let's give them a year and let them get something good. I'm here to tell them to rush the decision. I want them to be the Cleveland Spiders. I think the Cleveland Spiders would be a great name. Bring a throwback there. It just seems to fit the city. Also, the Cleveland Rockers would fit as well, but 
uh, who knows at this point. For those of you that are the Twitter followers out there that like to get the early handles, if you will, go out there and get at Cleveland Steamers, at yeah. Cleveland Spiders, at Cleveland Rockers. I'm sure they're all already the taken at this time. <laughs> Whoever all wants the to get a big chunk of change at this time, right, Ronnie? Exactly. <laughs> Next yeah. one for you, Ronnie. Uh, Hart High School star Trevor Bauer from our area as well. Um, that was actually the rival of our high school, which was Valencia High School. Well, Trevor Bauer is a free agent, and he will sign with? You know, I thought – I've, I've been sticking with, I thought he was going to go back to Cincinnati, but all of a sudden last night, Bauer to Anaheim was trending on Twitter. So maybe he signs with the angels. Maybe he gets a little closer to home. I actually, I saw him at Jimmy John's like two weeks ago. Um, unbelievable. No he, way. <laughs> he was doing this. He was filming a podcast or some sort of doing some interview. There was a camera on the table back when we were allowed to eat outside still a couple weeks ago yeah I like pulled in the parking lot I was picking up a sandwich for myself and he was like he was sitting at Dink's uh in Granary Square wow I was like I like he just caught the corner of my eye and I was like hey that's that's Trevor Bauer wow did you go up to him and say hey Milwaukee Brewers come join us (laughs) (laughs) no no I I uh I let him do his thing he was kind of in the middle of it something that looked important so I figure he has enough on his plate he doesn't need me going up to him Ronnie, continuing the trend here. Okay, you worked in San Antonio. The best part about San Antonio is blank. Uh, this is a tough one. Uh, San Antonio, great city. Like, future major league city, in my opinion. Like, it could be – I know Vegas has that brand-new ballpark. If San Antonio could get a brand-new ballpark in there, it could be major league city or one of the best AAA cities there is. Um I'm going to go with uh, the Riverwalk is the easy answer. It's the tourist attraction. It's a good time. There are a lot of great restaurants and uh, great restaurants, great bars, good hangout spots. But I'm going to go with the food. The like as I mean, you are in Texas. You've been in Texas for a while now. You know, Texas has all sorts of food options. But man, San Antonio, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. The Riverwalk is the easy answer, and I'll say the Riverwalk's food in particular, the Mexican food and margaritas. On oh. This is booze and baseball. If you want to have maybe the biggest margarita of your life, just go on the Riverwalk, and you can't <laughs> miss there. The chips and queso and a margarita, it's really hard to miss. In fact, the last time I was in San Antonio was when I was visiting Ronnie in Austin. So uh, pretty great place. Uh, for those of you that are outside of the state of Texas, I definitely recommend going to San Antonio. It's a beautiful place, and uh, you don't have to spend too long there, though, right, Ronnie? Not at all. A couple days, weekend. Weekend trip, you'll be good. You see the Alamo once, you've seen it forever. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, Also, Ronnie, we both are from the Big 12. I kind of mentioned that he's from Texas, uh, the University of Texas, and uh, I went to TCU. All right, so this is the chance for those of you high school students listening, trying to figure out whether you're going to go to Texas or TCU. You should go to my school in the Big 12 because blank. The city of Austin revolves around the university, which not many major cities can say that. Um, USC's in LA. LA doesn't revolve around USC. That's one thing that when Texas is playing on Saturday, no matter how good we are, no matter how bad we are, that city is pumping on our game. Um, so it's just an electric atmosphere. If you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a sports guy. So, I mean, there aren't too many better schools that have such a well-rounded athletic department with, I mean, just the best facilities out there and the best opportunity for a career in sports. If you're, if you're doing it, I, I think that's, that's what I'd want to do now. Hopefully we can turn some better results in every sport that 
been kind of down for a while. I don't ever want to play TCU again. I'm sick of it. I, I refuse to ever watch another TCU Texas game because it just, it's heartbreak. I mean, down to the one yard line, it's a heartbreak. That was going to be my answer there, Ronnie, was I just got to look at the recent football scores and tell you, yeah, if you want to go to Texas or TCU, it's <laughs> just go look at the football scores. But on top of that, my, my quick sales pitch for TCU, you guys get to hear plenty of me. Uh, but obviously, academically, uh, the broadcast school and the business school for me really, really kind of helped me in my direction and career path. And then on top of that, I had the chance to study abroad in London. Uh, the, the study abroad opportunities there are incredible. Um, and then, of course, you look at the athletics. I mean, baseball, football, basketball, even at this time, is starting to get better. Uh, but Gary Patterson's the leader of that that school, and uh, he follows me on Twitter. We're, we're good friends. We work together as well. Ronnie actually works uh, also with the University of Texas Athletic Department, so very connected to that. I did. That was uh... – the one thing I will hang over you is I got my Big 12 title my senior year, um, and it took a sweep of TCU on the last weekend, and it took Oklahoma State being swept. We were down two going into the weekend and went 3-0, and and Oklahoma State went 0-3 and got the title. That was so. a well-deserved title as well. I was happy for Ronnie. I, I, was, I was very happy for Ronnie. Now, when it comes to the football field, you know, uh, it becomes a different yeah. story at this time. Absolutely. Kind of moving on to the final parts of this shotgun segment here. Uh, Ronnie, obviously, because of being from Austin, uh, when I go to Austin, I make sure I have to go to blank. One in a million and Mattel Rancho. Oh, wow. Okay, explain those to me because I haven't been to either one of those. Okay, one in a million is about the biggest breakfast taco you'll ever get. Get the Don Juan. It's a little hole-in-the-wall breakfast taco place. I think they're only open till 2 or 3 in the afternoon. Um, you get a mound of, mound of food that's about five pounds and it's like four bucks. So electric there. And then Matt's El Rancho on South Congress or South First. I don't remember which one it is. Uh, best Mexican food in the city. So that's high praise. Get their, their queso. Their, they've got Bob Marley dip. It's pretty electric. Write that down, folks. For me, the answer is Salt Lake Barbecue. I think Ronnie and I might have even actually gone to Salt Lake together. Absolutely. I, can't, I can't recall. I think we did, right? The one in Driftwood. Yep. Uh, the Absolutely. The, the wheel your own ice chest. Exactly. There it is. You're going to so, go to one. Got to go to that one. <laughs> the one in Driftwood is the, the right one to go to. It's uh, it's one of the best barbecue places I think I've ever been to. It might be the best barbecue place mm -hmm. in all of Texas, in my honest opinion. Keeping this thing going here, we're also from Valencia, California. Ronnie's been there for quite a bit, so obviously this answer may not quite apply to him as much mm -hmm. as it kind of does to me because I don't go back as frequently. When I am in Valencia, California, I always find myself back at blank. I wasn't really like too into this until like I got back here and I've spent more time here, but Azul Tequila, the Mexican restaurant right on Magic Mountain Parkway, unbelievable. And their really? to-go service has been fantastic. Their to-go margs have been fantastic. Yeah, the, that's my favorite Mexican spot here. To-go margs is definitely a game changer in this uh, day and age with yeah. the pandemic. For me, the, the answer is... It is a that's a huge positive right there. For me, it's the La Casina Bar and Grill. Um, their margaritas are obviously incredible. Their food's even better. Get the number eight on the menu. You won't be disappointed. Kind of going on here, Ronnie, <laughs> we might differ here. And uh, the, it's a pretty simple question, and it's been debated for a very, very long time with no direct answer. in and out or Whataburger? It's in and out and it's not even close. I've had this argument so many times that I just – 
this is the most like California versus true Texan thing of all time. And it just infuriates me that people think Whataburger is better. It's just not even close. Cheers to you, Ronnie. I'm picking the right answer on that. Uh, Fun facts. My freshman year of college, I had a speech and debate class. And so my speech was on why In-N-Out is better than Whataburger. And I got a 97% and a kid that had a Whataburger got 73%. So huge win for those of us In-N-Out homers <laughs> so well then hey there's a reason they keep popping up in texas and that one in houston that had a 14 hour line or whatever it's it's well deserved what's your order at in and out by the way there ronnie i'm uh, just a standard double double with crispy fries and a pink lemonade just Ooh, the pink lemonade hits different it really yeah, does their pink lemonade is real good four by four animal style fries neapolitan shake sometimes a pink lemonade for me and then add the grilled onions to the burger as well crushing it go big go home right ronnie (laughs) two more for you here ronnie because it is the christmas season at this time and so all i want for christmas is blank to go back to normal (laughs) let's get let's stop with the zoom let's start doing these things in person let's let's just be able to kind of hang out with our buddies again Something we, I think we all took a little for granted when it was happening. Yeah, no doubt. I, I like that answer a lot. Mine is definitely kind of on that same area. I would normally say all I want for Christmas is a World Series championship, but uh, the first time in my lifetime I finally got that, it took a pandemic to get there. <laughs> um, hey, but you're, without you're, it, you wouldn't have been in the building. Right, no kidding. And so all I want for Christmas at this time is another World Series championship with people in the stands. Yeah, I think that's something that I really, really want at this time. And honestly, whether it's the Dodgers or any of the other 29 teams, please get us fans in the stands. That's really something yeah. that adds an element. Being at the World Series in the NLCS to see even just a little bit of a, you know, kind of movement around center field, that was a blessing. Yeah. And uh, let, let's hope for that again this year. Yeah, I didn't really notice that, like, too big of a difference during the regular season and then the postseason hit. Man, it was – there just was no energy you could like, I don't know. It was just nothing like we're used to. Um, no bat, no game five bat flips that send Toronto shaking. It's just, I don't know. It's wild. It was, it made even like you were at the games. I'm sure it made a huge difference. Even having limited people there, like on TV, it was just dead. And even when you have, I mean, you've been watching the NFL college football when you have 25% capacity or whatever, it just doesn't do. I mean, it just sounds like a normal kind of Tuesday afternoon game. Yeah, it's really disappointing. Very, very disappointing. The Cody Bellinger home run, though, in game seven, that one, as well as the Mookie Betts home run in game six of the World Series, those were the two moments for me that I really felt like, wow, the the fans make a difference at at this time. The one final one I have here for you, Ronnie, before we wrap things up with you, everybody has that weird tradition. What what is your family's kind of different or unique tradition for Christmas time? Yeah, we don't we're just kind of kind of pretty traditional. Like usually, I mean, it's been a long time since we're all out here for Christmas. Um since my sister, you know, she moved to Texas and has been in Texas for like 10 years now. Um and now that my parents are there, they were actually supposed to come out here this year, but now because cases are spiking and it's not the best idea to be traveling right now. They're going to be there. So this is going to be the first Christmas we're actually apart, which is going to be a little weird. Um, but uh, I don't know. We didn't have too many weird traditions. We just kind of wake up, uh, do presents. My dad would make French toast, which I'll never complain about. And then we'd usually end up at um, one of my grandparents' houses. We kind of alternate every year, which one we'd go to for dinner and uh, just kind of, you know, standard, I guess, 
the one tradition we'd have, we'd always used to go to uh, my aunt and uncle's house and watch the Hawaii Bowl every <laughs> every Christmas Eve. So that was, you know, nothing that says Christmas Eve like the Hawaii Bowl. So. Uh, it just dreams of being in Hawaii while you sit there and, you know, yeah. just maybe have a drink in hands at least. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're in the, the very beginnings of your bowl pick em, and you're just – living and dying by the game on the island it's it's wild that's when uh things get real is the bull pick and that's coming up very soon uh Absolutely. my my answer to this one is my dad actually has started a trend um you know before i was born he would wrap my mom's gifts in the weirdest ways possible every year he'd have a different theme um he's had things like when star wars came out he built an entire ship uh it was a Kind of one of the coolest things I think I've ever seen. A Star Wars ship, and he put all our presents in there. He's built a sleigh with a fake Santa in it. Oh, oh kids, of course, Santa's real. Uh, but he made a, uh, a sleigh with a, a fake Santa, uh, a replicated Santa. Uh, he's done weird things. He made a Boise State football field when they had their place in Idaho. So it's just really cool to kind of – yeah, it's really amazing. So I'm going to have to keep up uh, that trend somehow. And he's toolsy is a good way to put it. Yeah. And, uh, that's not the gene that I quite got from him. So I'm going to have to work really hard to try and keep this tradition alive because he does a great job. And, um, you know, I, I got my hands and I got my work as a whole cut out for me moving forward. But, well, before we let Ronnie go, Ronnie, once again, thank you for joining us on this show. Uh, Want to ask you, 2020s obviously been a very brutal season for us it's been very difficult looking to towards 2021 what are your hopes and goals for yourself for the brewers and for baseball as a whole yeah i'm definitely looking forward to getting back to our complex and just being around the guys um it's spring training's the best time of year you've got everybody from the azl clubbies there to our gm and president of baseball ops so you run into a lot of people and how our facility is kind of designed you see those people everywhere like i mean it's not uncommon to be walking down the down the hall and see our gm or um just any amount of people or council or someone so it's pretty cool um i'm definitely just looking forward to getting back and kind of hopefully take on some new responsibilities with my job and um I don't know, just have a full year and kind of get back to normal baseball life, which is, you know, that crazy 12-hour schedule every day for six months. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So hopefully hopefully we'll make the playoffs and make a run at the big league level, level but we're going to continue to develop our younger guys and hopefully get them get them in action this year. Ronnie's one of the best out there, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again, Ronnie Bedrosian, for joining us on Booze and Baseball. We invite you to join us and drink with us any time of the week. I will be back. Thank you, Dusty. Cheers to Ronnie. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And good luck to the crew in 2021. Before we leave you all, we have some cold, hard news for you. And it all starts in Los Angeles with the LA Angels acquiring Rysel Iglesias from the Cincinnati Reds. The 23-year-old Rivas that's headed to the Cincinnati Reds ranked as the Angels' 25th best prospect at MLB.com, and he is a switch hitter that's consistently shown the ability to get on base, run, and defend, according to Mark Feinsand. And so as for Rivas, on the other end, it's Rysel Iglesias narrowing up the bullpen for the Angels, and they're also getting $900,000 in cash as well. Good pickup for the Angels that desperately needed somebody that could close out the ninth inning. 
For the Philadelphia Phillies, some big news. They hired Dave Dombrowski as their president of baseball operations. He was originally working to bring back baseball to Nashville. He also, of course, has had this role with numerous other teams. Dombrowski, a pretty big ad for the Phillies, and now he says one of their major goals is trying to bring back JT Real Muto, the catcher that they had acquired from the Miami Marlins, and of course he was their catcher last season. The Chicago White Sox, in addition to acquiring Lance Lynn, well, they also signed Adam Eaton to a one-year $7 million deal. This is an underrated move. Eaton's a pretty solid player in the outfield, plays pretty decent defense as well. He'll probably hit in the 7-8-9 hole for the White Sox, but a good addition to their outfield. And finally, we talked about it earlier, but the Cleveland Indians, they are reportedly changing their name. We do not know what that name will be yet. We will find out in the near future. So once again, thank you again for listening to Booze and Baseball with Derek Johnson and Dusty Baker. We wish that Derek Johnson would be on this show, but we're hoping the next week he will be back healthy as ever. Send him a text uh, wishing him well or send him a tweet as well. Uh, just hopefully he will get back on this show because we need him. He does a great job, uh, and he's an integral part of Booze and Baseball. Once again, subscribe to us and give us a five-star review. We're on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and on Amazon Audible as well. You can also follow us on social media. We are at Booze and Baseball, and that's B-O-O-Z-E-N as the letter N baseball you could also reach us there or email us at booze and baseball at gmail.com that's booze and a and d baseball at gmail.com to ask us any questions suggest alcohol to review we're going to go to our mailbag very soon as well ask us about the al central the nl central anything that you want to know we will answer it for you. Also, thank you to Mix Kit for the stock music. Thank you to Man Cave Merch for our coasters. Despite Derek Johnson not being here, on behalf of Derek Johnson, I'm Dusty Baker. Drink responsibly and have a good one.